five, four. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to Radio FM88 Australia. And we're broadcasting from the Springwood Studios in Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. And um, welcome to the streaming side of things where you can actually now watch it on Facebook or YouTube. And then later on, you'll be able to catch up and watch the show on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google and Apple. So um, at this particular time and point, I'd like to introduce to our co-host who's sitting right atop um, at the very top. Of course, that's in the Northern Hemisphere too. So it's a welcome to Andrina. Hi, Jeffrey. Welcome to everybody dreaming the new dream. And today it's our pleasure to have Alan Payne uh, from the UK. Uh, so welcome, Alan. And it's lovely to have you on the show. Thank you for asking me. My pleasure. Um, so we'll start at the beginning. Um, I met you through my sister, Carol, and yeah. you were giving a talk on um, health and wellness um, at the PLG. And Carol yeah. had written you a poem, which he presented to you afterwards. And then yes. you two connected and Carol thought you would be um, a great person to have on the show. So anyway, next thing was you and I met up with Carol and here we are today. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so that's how it started. So. Um, you are um, all about health and wellness through herbs, um, naturopathic, iridology. Yes. Um, so where, what got you on this path? And I got lots of different questions from different friends have said, oh, ask about this or that. So would you mm -hmm. like to share where you were born and how you started to get on this lovely path of health and wellness naturally? <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, I was born in the Midlands of, uh, of uh, England, in, near Birmingham, and um, I always, uh, from, I suppose from about eight years of age, I had an interest in, um, in health and welfare at a sort of minor level, never had any aspirations to become a doctor or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, working class family and a pretty happy childhood but um, from about eight nine years of age I will remember uh, carrying around with me uh, a tin of um, uh, used to contain a tin of toffees but <laughs> I put in it ointments and plasters what the people in Australia I think called band-aids and different uh, concoctions and uh, if, if a friend fell over or or, or, or bruised anything I'd be there with my <laughs> little tin of medications and um, so I had that sort of minor interest from a very early age um, but very briefly I went into uh, commerce the uh, furniture industry and decided uh, by the time I was um, getting on for 40 years of age that I wanted to change and uh, you know, change is the only constant, really, isn't it? If you want to mm -hmm. move on, you have to make the effort and the changes. So uh, for the next few years, I went self-employed as a furniture agent and um, I was able to take time off to study herbal medicine and then iridology. And um, that took a few years. So I was doing the studying and the working, keeping the mortgage going, all that sort of thing. Um, when I eventually qualified, um, I qualified at the College of Herbs and Natural Healing, in, uh, which was in Norfolk. And uh, 
after a, a three or four years of being a qualified therapist, they asked me to teach for them, which I did, uh, lectured for them to their students. And it went on from there. I, I, I learned iridology, but I realized that the course I'd been on wasn't that good, really. So I went abroad, America, Spain, and learned from some very knowledgeable people and then wrote my own iridology course, which I've been mm -hmm. teaching ever since. Oh, brilliant. Uh, I've taught at various colleges and places like oh, where Eden Eden uh, Eden uh, Project in Cornwall and the uh, uh, different the different colleges and, and and institutions around the world. Done a lot of work in Singapore, working with Chinese doctors and lecturing to their people. Uh, that's where I end up now doing. Um, seeing patients and doing lectures and, and courses and things like that. Because I know you're very popular in Glastonbury. Um, oh, you know, a few, of my, a few of my friends have already seen you when I shared your photo and what have you. Okay. They've all said, lovely man, um, and, you know, well impressed mm -hmm. with your knowledge and, and oh, what have you. Very so, so, so I know now more than ever, for me, it's how I can help people mm -hmm. to do things naturally. Um, yes you know as and when they can so um where would you like to start would you like to start on herbs i mean you know there's the thing is there's so many different things out there that do so many different things and i know you know like we were talking earlier about a picture of somebody's eye that i'd sent you and really i know that you need that person in front of you to get the to get the maximum benefit so you know it's just like well there, there was something on the eye that was quite, quite sharp. Um, it wasn't a little blob or anything. So I'm thinking, well, all of these things have reasons, you know. I mean, it's like there's just so many natural things, like you know, reflexology and and all of these things which are keys to the body. So, where would you start with maybe the herbs? Um, yeah, let's start. No, I was. I've gone on to the eyes. There's so there's so many things I want to ask you about both. <laughs> um, yeah. So where let's sorry, we we'll go back to the eyes. So um, when somebody comes to you, obviously you're do you take a picture or you're re, you're looking in with your um, little microscope and having a close look? How do you work? Uh, an iridology consultation lasts about an hour and a quarter. And uh, the first thing I do is take a case history and um, decide what the patient actually wants to achieve. Sometimes they want to help with headaches or sleep problems or um, uh, arthritic problems, things like that. And we decide the way forward. Many times today I get people who just want uh, an assessment to see what more they could do to help their health in the future. You know, people want to grow to a, a good old age, but they want to be healthy <laughs> in those years. Yeah. Definitely. So we can help people do that. I think I, I, I wouldn't really start with the iridology or herbs. I'd start with our ethos i'd start with the way i i and people who were trained in the same way as me we like to work that is to encourage people to take charge of their own health i mean if they need to see a doctor absolutely fine they should always see a doctor if they have a health challenge that's fine but there's always things people can do for themselves 
and many people today would choose a alternative practitioner rather than a doctor and they need to have that choice but the ethos really is to do with simplicity that is finding the root cause of a problem and with my training of course it's the iridology and the general questioning that will help us with that um the simplicity after that comes the change iridology for instance will tell me what a person's constitution is where their strengths and their potential weaknesses are and what they should do about those potential weaknesses uh, for instance i might see some liver signs those liver signs could indicate that the person has uh, migraines, digestive upsets, hormonal imbalances. So we need to use the signs in the eyes to ask the, the correct questions and the answers we get will tell us where we are with that person. The signs in the eyes will also tell me which herbs, and which protocols would be really useful for people. And then I would, um, during the consultation, to answer your question more fully, after taking a, a profile of the person, I will look in the eyes with an illuminated lens. That only takes a few seconds. And then I like to photograph the eyes and show them side by side on the computer and explain the signs to the person. First of all, their constitutional uh, traits. Um, obviously, we're all here. So the people who came before us, parents, grandparents, etc., they did something right, at least until the time they could reproduce. So people have mainly got strength in their showing in their eyes. But all of us have some uh, deviations from that. All of us have some potential weaknesses. The signs I see in the eyes are not actual illness signs iridology is not diagnostic in the way a, a blood test would be or a liver function test would be but it's an assessment of the chi energy in those eyes the life energy in those eyes and uh, it's very easy to see someone's constitution from an iridology uh, perspective after that of course we will talk in the consultation about the way forward um, whether people should have things like bowel cleanses, liver cleanses, kidney cleanses um, or simple herbs just to help them to take away pain and inflammation and what they can do in the next years in order to optimise health. And that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all have lots of challenges these days. Um, back in my youth, I noticed that a lot of people around me um, uh, uh, friends and family members some you know they were always ill and some were always well and others were dying early you know I'd got uh, my father died at 59 and another close relative at 58 and when I looked at the lifestyle of these people it became obvious that the people who were having more um taking care more, more care of their, their their lifestyles were living much longer you know, my mother lived well into her 90s, so did one of her sisters, my grandparents, and they had lives which were not perfect. The diets and the lifestyles were, were perfect by any means, but they mm. sort of tipped the balance in their favour and, and, and they lived long and healthily, you know. Mm. So then we would come on to the herbal medicine. The, the body, you know, has this, has this innate way of 
making us well. We, 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 we have a cut and it mends, you know. We have an imbalance in the hormones and the body can, given the right circumstances, readjust it. But all of the things around us these days, more than ever when I was a youth even, we've got this barrage of additives in food, of Wi-Fi. Mm. Uh, I don't know what these yesterday over overhead we had chemtrails i don't know what they're doing to us at all uh, or what they're for um but mainly it's things that people use like the plastics in, in that get put into the food and the the colorants and the chemicals that we don't really need even things like um shampoo and uh, hair dyes and things like that they have chemicals in you know that the manufacturers don't even have to put on the packaging and a lot of these are rather uh, unhealthy to the body. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I can well remember a circumstance where I asked a lady to stop taking, stop using the hair dye and her facial uh, uh, blemishes all went, you know. It can be that simple. So that's where I am with it. It's a matter of finding the root cause of a problem, helping people to make the change, and the really big thing, the really big thing is encouraging people with help of various practitioners to take responsibility for their own health. Mm. Okay, see the doctor, see the surgeon, that's fine. But do what you can to help yourself. And it can be simple things, very, very simple things. Um, like instead of having anti-inflammatories from the doctor, um, many people would, would do a, a, a herbal compress onto a painful joint or something like that, you know. It, yeah. it, it's a choice. It's a choice, you know. Talk to the doctor and make your decision. Talk to your naturopathic health carer and make the decision which might be best for you. That's the way it works in a mm. nutshell. <laughs> no, I'm Does totally with you. So, so yeah. I, um, right, talking about herbs, because obviously – it would be nice for people because I know, like you say, there's additives, there's all sorts of stuff yes. in, in food now, which, I mean, you see some people now that are so overweight. Um, yeah. More that you see it more than ever now. Um, and, you know, you see people really struggling and obviously the diet plays a major part and you, you have to be radical to go back to basics really. And, get on the natural things and change your lifestyle if you choose and it's you know again it's people's choices where they go with things so so yes. where what would you start um like i was saying earlier like i like to make nettle tea my kids yes. think my kids might think i'm weird and wacky when i come with my concoctions <laughs> but that's okay um so nettle tea and um dandelion tea and yes. i really played much with other things and then I um rose hip syrup I know is good for colds and coughs so what yes. would you say for people to start if they wanted to make little changes what would be easy simply things that would help to like lightly cleanse their system out whatever they've got going on yes I think it's best if people aren't used to this work that they should start with simple things and, and, and don't overwhelm their bodies with, with 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 doing you know 20 different things in the in the in the, in the same week I think it's it's mm -hmm. best to start and 
be be easy on yourself and uh, then then you won't be thrown off and you'll keep up with the regime but to answer your question correctly would be to say that i would tell people what they need to do individually for instance my herbal formulas i have none pre-made i have all the bottles of herbs that i need to make individual herbal formulas mm. so and that's the key be, isn't it say again that's the key isn't it it's, it's tailor-made the super person yes the iridology individualizes everything i show my iridology students pictures of the eyes of identical twin sisters. Now, each of these sisters had migraines, but when we looked at the eyes, there were slight differences in their eyes, although you couldn't tell them apart. They, they, there were slight differences in their eyes, which said that one sister needed this formula and another sister needed a slightly different formula. You see? So even identical twin sisters have individual needs. And I just can't be doing with people who have herbal formulas on the shelf and they give one formula for the nervous system and one formula for the hormonal system. I don't just cannot deal like that at all. Mm. It has to be individual. So the advice to answer your question, the advice I'd give people um, would be individual advice. Uh, I saw someone, on a, a lovely husband and wife uh, on Sunday in my clinic in Litchfield and um, I gave the gentleman some advice on how to get rid of uh, an inflammation in the in the main joint of his thumb. You know, uh, the next person I might give slightly different information mm. to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, the lady had a, a gastric reflux. You know, gourd they call it gourd um, uh, problems, and I was able to give her individual advice for that. I was tidy up her diet and tell her what to take to alleviate the symptoms and eventually help to, uh, you know, take the problem away, really. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very, very individual. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, sometimes people are, they say they're depressed and, you know, sometimes one cup of chamomile tea gives them a good night's sleep and next day they're much better. It can't be that easy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So if I was to say to you, right, I'm coming to you for a session, um, yeah. and if I was to say, what can I do now to improve my health to so that I'm able to be active and fully out and about doing what I'm doing? So would you recommend um, a her, you know, consultation about herbs, or would you do the eyes first? What would you, what would be your way of working? It's always with the eyes first. Right. Well. First of all, really, is coming to a decision what that person wants to achieve. And, um, of course, uh, therapists are really assessing the person from the first handshake. We're looking at look at the face, yeah. the facial signs, mm -hmm. the body posture, etc. But it would be iridology first that lays the ground. And then mm -hmm. the advice, including herbal medicine, which I can supply or people can buy their own if they have a trusted source. And that would be the, the way to do it. The only thing I ever say to people is if you're going to get your own herbs, make sure that they're organic or wild crafted or very good quality. Make sure that they're, they're not too old. Some of the herbs on the shelves in the shops can be years old. Um, <laughs> And they lose their power, you see, over time. Uh, and make sure that the herbs are the right strength. A lot of the uh, herbal 
liquid herbs on the shop shelves are tinctures, which are fine. Many herbs I use are tinctures, but most of the herbs I use are fluid extracts, which are several times stronger than the than, than, than the tinctures you buy over the counter, you know? Mm. Um, so I, I like to make sure that people are getting good quality as possible um, with their herbal medicine. Mm. And then we decide, or I decide what formula, it might be a single herb in a bottle, it might be as many as four or five herbs in a bottle. I don't really like to put more than that amount in one bottle. Um, mm. I know some cultures, uh, Chinese herbs, Ayurvedic, herbs they're, they're very good pro, uh, very good programs for people but they tend to have a lot of herbs in one formula and uh, i i don't really agree with that you know yeah and then, then we assess the assess the progress people often phone me up um uh, maybe have a second consultation maybe have a phone call consultation and decide whether to leave them on the same regime tell them what else they can do because you know they often say well i'm feeling better what else can i do mm. you know uh, and there's always something else you can do and and then we'll i'll post out more herbs or a reformulated uh formula and um see how they go on from that and just just keep contact with the people mm. as much as they need yeah and i think that like you say the difference is somebody starts taking something and you don't realize what level your mm. your body or how you're feeling until you say you take a you know um some herbal medicine that you've made That's and then right and it gives them a lift in their spirit let alone their body and obviously then they think well i'd like more of this what else can i do because you, yeah. you're on that cycle then of feeling better aren't you you are i mean you mentioned earlier tiredness um the last two years i've had appreciable percentage more people with certain illnesses um tiredness is the big one lethargy not being able to start the day or get through a day. Um, I've had many more ladies with hormonal problems than ever before for whatever reason. But with the tiredness, you see, an iridologist would look into a person's eyes and they would be able to assess what is the cause of that tiredness. Mm. Is it toxicity? Maybe it's something like um, certain signs in their eyes which would show what the doctors call anemia. You know, we need to get more iron into the body but not more iron itself into the body we need to get the body to utilize the iron that they've got very often mm. that's the problem and it's a very clear sign two clear signs in the iris that would tell me that or it might be life energy you know kidney energy is life energy and they might have signs to say that if i give this person a, a kidney pick me up they'll feel an awful lot better you know, and there, there are other things as well to do with tiredness, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It could be a sleep problem. Maybe they're not getting deep enough sleep. Maybe their sleep pattern doesn't go down from alpha to theta waves. So yeah. they might sleep, but not really well, you know. And uh, that can be easy, quite easily dealt with. Yeah. The tiredness might be due to a lot of intermuscular tension. That takes an awful lot of energy, you know, to 
so some herbs which release that tension would be good maybe the liver needs a little bit of tlc so a nice liver tonic because the liver is a major organ and it takes an mm. awful lot of energy and if it's if it's not working to its uh, best potential and a little bit of tlc tell them you know maybe what foods to avoid for a week or two and give them some lovely liver herbs mild liver herbs maybe they feel an awful lot better and people come to me, you know, they say, I say, well, I, I didn't tell you about this, but um, it's gone away. Um, I'm sleeping better. Um, uh, my, my nails seem stronger. My libido is better. You know, all that sort of thing happens when we do some balancing work with people. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, you know, we've had COVID and... Mm -hmm. Lots of people like to make choices that they wouldn't have chosen, you know, through different situations. So are, yeah. are you finding people are asking something to help balance their system out with what, what's been put in? <laughs> well, yes. Uh, yes, uh, uh, definitely. Definitely. I've had a few people who have had minor neurological problems that the doctor has um, usually said, leave it it'll go away or things like that because it's very difficult at the moment certainly in the midlands to, to to get to see a neurologist for whatever reason but i had one gentleman recently with a minor facial paralysis that we had to um, do something about and it looked to me as though it might have been going into a what's called bell's palsy mm -hmm. so we've sort of alleviated that hopefully um, one of my relatives in Australia had similar problems, but more intense problems. And uh, yes, they did have, um, let's say, uh, certain medical interventions that they didn't really want to have. Um, yeah. I have a suspicion, actually, it was confirmed by a patient of mine who is actually a chemist. Um, it's amazing how many people I see who are chemists and nurses and, you know, into into uh, healthcare at that allopathic level. But this, um, this chemist had um, hormonal problems and she was very insistent that, that it was caused by the, um, the uh, medical intervention that she had. Now, I don't know whether she's correct or not, but she was very insistent that she had no such problems before that medical intervention. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not only people who have gone down that path, and I understand why they make the choices, um, but it, it, it's people who haven't had those uh, medical interventions. That's the only way I can put it. Um, some people are showing a lot of tiredness anyway. So there are other causes, lifestyle, stress, overwork, that sort of thing. But I just wonder about what's going on around us with, um, as I said earlier, uh, the, the, yesterday there were lots of chemtrails over this area. I'm just not sure what they're doing and I'm not sure that mm. uh, we're being told everything. But, you know, I don't want to get into no. that. <laughs> quite. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going off on another tangent. But I do have to say that I've been blessed to have come. I've had um, nearly two weeks in Cyprus and the oh. sky was blue every day. I never saw, and on the odd appearance, a cloud passed by. Total opposite to here. It's like, oh, my God. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, and it's in, you know, it's in the water as well. Um, the water, yes, yes. You know, I bought a distiller and, my God, you know, from the tap, um and spring waters that what's left at the bottom i think and pe you know people have got no 
well some people are but you know you can use the ordinary um water uh, like the Brita filters but this is like going on one step on and when and when yes. it's gone through the system and you see what's left behind I think it's flipping out. it's terrible it's awful and and from a, a you know maybe five liters of water you distill it and there's there could be as much as a quarter of an inch of sludge at the bottom of your kettle. yeah, yeah. I know that's all um problematical to the kidneys more than mm. anywhere else you know and people don't realize this and you've got the fluoride which i absolutely hate you know um no i don't go near tap water <laughs> no quite yeah so and it's educating people in uh you know the best way you can easily yes. and and affordably mm. as well so yes. um so i know you've got some pictures of some herbs so do you want to talk about um some of the pictures that you sent in yes uh, I, I think it might be uh, slightly advantageous to talk about the iridology slides first all right okay yeah <laughs> like i said i i love it all so it's like oh a, <laughs> a bit of that so yes right. yes yeah so i can see like a black speck it's a nearly three o'clock so is that toxins is that a toxin would you say or could we enlarge it slightly more no that's a pigment right yep that is a pig thank you that's fine that is a pigment yeah um, if we had an iridology map in front of us so the iridology map uh, is very well known by uh, reflexologists you know with their hand and their feet map and that sort of thing and uh, but our map is um a little bit more constitutional now that pigment is is in uh, an area which um it's in the pulmonary sorry it's in the uh, lower lung uh, area in the left the lobe of the left lung it looks as though on the photograph that is a blockage of energy as i said earlier we all um, are alive because we have energy flowing through our body ki chi prana whatever you want to call it now when the energy reaches that pigment it stutters a little bit it's like a sticky area the energy doesn't flow too well that does not mean that there's a problem with the lungs it, it's a potential problem so people with that um that pigment on a physical level um it, it could mean they maybe a simpler thing as they tend to shallow breathe but it could also mean a tendency to bronchitis or um you get a cold and it flies to the lung every every year the energy is not there to throw these these things off you see mm -hmm. uh, there are a few other things but um I, i'm using herbs uh, and iridology both physically and metaphysically so that's more or less the physical meaning of that herb in a very simplified of that pigment in a very simplified way but metaphysically it's in an area which is what we call the grief area uh, people who um have that pigment very often hang on to old grieves and grief and grievances they also have a tendency not to like people to get too close to them they hold their cards very close to their chest. So you see, we can help people with metaphysical aspects of iridology as well. Mm, mm. Just below that um, pigment, just to the left of that pigment. Can you point to that? Yes, the, just there. Yes, just there. There's a hole. 
very common i've got a lot of these that, that hole is called thank you that hole is called a lacuna um, the very tiny ones are called crypts. That lacuna, again, is not an indication of any illness, but it's an, it's a, an inherited potential for lack of energy in that area. So the chi energy flows around the body or, or it's going well. It reaches that area. It gets a little bit dissipated, a little bit disrupted. So if that person has a lifestyle which... Um, disrupts that energy any further the person could have problems in that area and it's it's actually in the heart area in the it looks from this angle uh, it's probably the the left ventricle uh, sorry the left atrium in the heart that does not mean to say they've got a heart problem but it's more likely if they have a lifestyle which doesn't support heart energy that they would get a problem um metaphysically it's rather a nice sign to have it's um very often it means a courage sign people go through life with a lot of courage it's also a sign for empathy for other people and a few other things um if you go further down there's a whole uh, this lacuna yes there yeah that is in the area for the solar plexus now just outside the heart area the solar plexus has a lot of um a, a, a lot of uses really mostly to do with the digestive system and metaphysical signs again um many a person's come to me with with a, a diagnosis from the doctor of um irritable bowel syndrome and I see that sign and I treat the solar plexus energy and the, the nerve energy to the, to the bowels gets better and the problem goes away. So I would like to see more <laughs> doctors on my iridology courses, but in the, in the last 30 years, I've only ever had two doctors. <laughs> yeah. So th that's the type of thing that can be assessed, but it's the constitution, which is important. Um, could we maybe, Jeff, put a, one of the blue-grey eyes up? Can I ask you why the orange? I mean, the other ones are going to come, but why all that um, browny orange colour? What's all that about? Yeah, no problem. Pupil is called an area of... Um, uh, it's all pigmentation, you see. So it's called central, because it's in the middle, heterochromia, which means opposite colour. That heterochromia gives me a lot of questions to ask. It, 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 it's a minor blockage on energy in the digestive system for some reason people with that uh, sign especially ladies are very much more prone to fungal infection candida albicans overgrowth and so on in the digestive system it sort of makes a five-star hotel for that particular um <laughs> uh, fungus um that's just percentage wise but it's also a sign metaphysically of implosion of, of uh, life energy in that these people again and this matches the pigment that we saw earlier to some extent th these people are sort of um drawn inwards in their in their um ability to go through life they're a quite private person people normally and one or two other things but those are the main ones now here we have that's fine this is fine this eye is um a 
part of about 50, I've got this type of eye, about 15% of the world population has this type of eye in colour, blue-grey. Uh, we call those lymphatic eyes. The, the eye we saw previously is called a mixed eye or biliary eye. And the very dark brown eyes, which don't photograph very well, so you don't have any samples, they're called hematogenic. Very difficult to photograph clearly. These lymphatic eyes, blue-grey eyes, constitutionally, the person has a tendency towards problems with their lymph system, as the name implies. Their um, kidneys tend to be a little bit more prob problematical as time goes on. They have problems with mucous membranes. Now, we can all see those little clouds around the edge of the eye. Those clouds go by several different names. Um, the one I like to use is tophi. They're little flocculations and they indicate uh, certainly a part, certainly of the outer lymph system. Now, when that person was young, those clouds would be white, very definitely white. Now they're going a little bit darker, a little bit creamy colored. That shows that at this time in their life, this person's lymph system is under a little bit of strain and we need to give them maybe herbs to help that. Certainly several um, lifestyle tips on, on how to help the lymph system, exercise, trampolining, swimming, skin brushing, hot and cold repetitions in the shower, that sort of thing. And they can pick and choose and see which one suits them, but their lymph system really needs to be upgraded a little bit then they feel better in all sorts of ways their uh, their immune system will be suddenly much better their energy will suddenly be, be, be much better you see um if you look at six o'clock in that eye there yeah you see that dark line yeah and all that area if people half close their eyes they'll see it all that area is a little bit darker this is typical of this eye this is the area for the the kidney um, and um, if you reduce the photo a little bit, Jeff, please, I'll tell you which eye it is. Well, well, yeah, it's obviously the right eye. So um, <clears throat> this person's right kidney maybe at times will need a little bit of tender loving care. We need to tell them how to look after their kidneys with, uh, you know, avoiding too much acid making foods and, and that type of thing. And maybe give them a little bit of a, kidney boost with herbal medicine as part of the the wider treatment that they're getting that dark area is is a I'm, I'm oversimplifying really but other iridologists if they're watching this will know that i'm oversimplifying but but that's the general uh, plan of action really to help the lymph system and the kidneys if this person came to see me with a skin problem um then yes we would need absolutely to treat the kidneys and the lymph system yeah, mm -hmm. I, um, I, I think this is a female because the yes, eyelashes seem to be a lot darker. So would that signify if they're doing um, it's, uh, makeup? It, it, it's actually yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's actually someone who's quite famous in the UK. Um, she's a TV presenter, and I can't identify her. Obviously, we don't identify patients, but I did a live iridology. Um, program a short program part of a, a, a health program for granada television who i don't know how long ago a long time ago uh, maybe about 20 years ago and this was the the show's presenter and um it's a very very female i assure you 
very lovely female. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my point of making is that mascara, does that play a, a problem there? Is that mascara? Does that play a problem? Yes. Well, I, I don't. I, I absolutely don't know about makeup, but I, I think it could well be about mascara. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because the eyes are the most. Um, they can heal themselves a lot quicker than any other organ. So I was just wondering when um, you get some pigment within the eye, you know. And I was just wondering, yeah. did makeup can that cause an issue there for the health reasons no no not not well not to cause the pigments they can cause problems definitely right. can cause problems yeah. but the, the pigments are released from pigment releasing cells in the iris uh, years ago they used to be called soric spots which means itch spots and the iridologists in those days who were mainly doctors by the way they were um they believe that these pigments were caused by toxins, uh, mercury and, uh, and uh, excess iron and things like that. They're not. Uh, that's a misnomer. But even some modern iridology books will still state that fact. But I can assure you that's not the cause. You don't cause the pigments. You, you inherit the pigments. And some, right. pigments can, some pigments can arrive up until the early 20s, but rarely, rarely after that. Oh, this is an interesting one. This is again, uh, it, it, it's grey eye, it's a lymphatic eye. Um, but now instead of having little clouds around the edge, we now have this big band of colour mm. sort of towards the, more towards the pupil. This brings the person, still lymphatic eye, but it brings the person into the, the category called uric acid diathesis. Again, they've done nothing wrong. They, it's a family thing. It's a big thing in my family for both my mother's side of the family and my father's. And it indicates that this person is not great with acidic food um, or stress. Stress makes acid in the body. This person will retain acid wastes. And that leads to mainly two things. Um, tendency to joint inflammation and uh, acid crystals in the joints, which would be like... Um, uh, gout or arthritic rheumatic type problems and the other thing is um, is acid reflux digestive system acidity big big things with this type of person um, and uh, many people come to me with this sign because it's a very western sign scandinavian type eyes um, germanic type eyes we go for this color mainly and this person really usually has a very acidic diet and they come with all the uh, associated problems. If they're unlucky, they get the digestive and the joint problems. Like, mm. like I saw on Sunday, you know. Okay, well, this is fine. But uh, with your permission, can we go to the, pre the other blue eye that we haven't seen yet? That would be a better start. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yes. This one will do fine. If we look at this eye, again, it's a lymphatic eye. But look at the fibres which radiate out from the pupil. Mm. They are very straight and quite tight. Now, I've seen straighter. I've seen tighter. But this brings this person into a subtype called neurogenic or nervous system orientated. It doesn't mean they're a nervy person. They're not a, necessarily a, uh, a wallflower type person, but they are a person whose nervous system has an awful lot of 
uh, control over their body or they need to control their nervous system. It can be a very, very good sign. People with these straight type fibers are often entrepreneurial, captains of industry. They make very good uh, collators of information. Therefore, they make good bosses. They make wonderful employees. If, if I would want to employ someone who will turn up for work, even if they've got a sprained wrist or a cold, or if they, they will work the hours you want them to, this is the type of person. The downside is that they live life in the fast lane and they don't always see the brick wall. <laughs> you know, uh, many people with this type of eye come to me and say, I don't know why I'm here. My partner sent me or, or my, you know, my <laughs> mother said I should. And 10 minutes later, you found five good reasons why they should be there. <laughs> they, plow, they plow on. They need many. Usually they need me minimal sleep and minimal rest and they're always on the go or they're active now if we can go back to that other eye that you showed me previously yeah that's the one right. oh there we oh. go a few hurt no next one yeah, no next one no next one that's it if you could please enlarge that this is the opposite it's not worse with iridology, there are no good eyes or bad eyes. It depends on what you do with what you inherited or what you've caused. And most of the signs in the eyes, 95% or more, are inherited. Now, this really? is... Yeah. Oh, yes. And this is the exact opposite to the previous eye, the straight-lined eye. Those lines are called trabeculae. Now, in this eye, you can't really see very many. There are some in the background and they're very loose and they're very wavy. Iridologists call this eye by several names. The one I like is loose connective tissue. The connective tissue in our body, it's the muscles and the, the, um, even the blood flow and, 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 and the blood pressure. It's all part of the whole connective tissue. But, you know, ligaments and people with this type of eye, they need lots of rest. Without their rest, they are terrible. They tend to um, be very laid back people, hippie types, if you like. They go through life in a very casual way, which has its great advantages. But they do need their rest. And things like vitamins, minerals, they tend to get lost very easily from the tissues in this type of person. Would they, they will present with things like... Um, Prolapses, prolapsed uterus, more than the other type. Um, uh, foot arch problems, more than the other type. They will go out for a run and step off the pavement and sprain an ankle much easier than the other type. Now, it doesn't mean to say that they're weak. It means to say that they need considered and regular strength building protocol. Um, I worked for a place in the Midlands where the owner and his son had this very type of eye and yet they had uh, very, very strong bodies, but they were in their gym every day. You see, you have to build up and keep the, keep, keep the, the strength going in this type of eye. Now, the main differences with the um, metaphysically with the two eyes, the person with the straight lines in their eyes if I give them a herbal medicine and say, please take 30 drops three times a day, they will do that. And probably at the same time every day, because they are very, very precise uh, thinking people. This person being more laid back, 
um, they'll phone me up and I'll say, how are you doing? And they say, fine, hopefully. And uh, I'll, say, oh, I'll send you more medicine. And they say, well, I've still got half a bottle. You know, they haven't <laughs> taken the right amount. <laughs> they tend to be very enthusiastic while they're in the consultation, but um, they lose enthusiasm afterwards. So this type of person, I will often phone up after a few days, not wait for them to phone me because that's probably not going to happen. And I will tell them, you know, please tell me what's happening. How are you doing? Encourage them to take the herbs, etc. So it's, yeah. it's patient management in that way. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask about bloodshot eyes? Because um, <clears throat> I don't um, know this virus at all, actually. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so uh, with bloodshot eyes, I mean, you know, you see, I know like in the past I've woken up and my eyes have been quite bloodshot and yeah. and I know ages ago, and I can't, I'm not sure because I had a whiplash injury, um, but I woke up one morning and one of my eyes was completely black and it, my mm. God, everybody looked at me. I looked like something out of blooming Dracula, but, you mm. know, I just opened my eye and it was just like so bloodshot. Yeah, yeah. So... Well, I mean, obviously, various causes. Yes, yeah, various causes. It's a bit of a mystery, really, for most people because it uh, doesn't seem to have many pointers to what, what the cause would be, you know, mm. not at mm. all. No, there are herbs which would, um, you know, I would tend, looking at the person's eyes first, of course, but I would tend to aim to get rid of that with helping uh, the, the lymph system in that area, really, yeah. you know. Because yeah, I know I at the time I'd seen the optician and then yeah. I went back a couple of days later and I said, can you tell me why this? And she said, oh, it's funny. We've had a lot of people come in with bloodshot eyes. And I, I thought, thanks, thanks a bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's strange right. the way that happens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so have we finished with eyes at the moment? <laughs> me, yes, the last slide that went up wasn't one of mine, so I don't know. Mm, okay. If, if you want to talk about that one, I could try, but you know, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we have mainly lymphatic eye. The fibres are quite straight, very straight in parts. Um, this shows someone who is a big, big thinker, a doer. Um, this shows someone who will make a project and follow it through. Um, the whiteness. Uh, looks as though it could well be uric acid so some dietary considerations can you see those white fibers in the head area those are indications of <coughs> those indications of overthinking overthinking now i can't see from the photograph whether this is a left eye or a right eye um no real clues from the from the iris the pupil position suggests that it's a uh, right eye but i wouldn't be certain about that uh, the pigment uh, that we can see at about five to the hour that's a liver pigment yeah now if this is a right no higher up the higher up at the, the top five to twelve yeah, five two five two that's it that's a liver that's called a liver pigment by its color now if we go down to the bottom section of the iris can you see those two dark lines at um sort of uh 25 to the hour and 20 to the hour yeah yeah well those 
border the main liver area if this is a uh, right iris, not if it's the left iris. That would mean that I would be looking very closely at the liver of this person and asking certain questions. Mm. The, uh, the um, pigment, which is at 25 past the hour, low down on the... That's right, that one there. I'm, I'm not going to say talk about that because that, that is in a very personal area and we, I don't know who this person is and it, it would need to... It needs to be a one-to-one -one for that. I don't want to, because you might know who this person is and uh, I don't want to give out personal details, but it's a very personal uh, uh, area of the iris, but uh, it's meaningful. It's meaningful in a way which tells me this person should be doing some protection for certain parts of their body. I'll say no more. Right. But this is a thinker, a doer, an overthinker. Um, if this was the left, I would like to see the left eye, um, if possible, to look at the spleen area, because with this type of eye, the spleen is often compromised and needs a little bit of help. Um, I think that's about all I can say for this one. Very strong, very, very, very strong fibres in most areas. Good resistance to, to illness. Good recovery powers. Nice one. All in all, quite, quite a good eye. Yeah, quite a good format. Yeah. Okay, herbs. <clears throat> right, so Andrew's put his own eyes change colour. Um, yeah. Any information about that, please? Yes, um, the colour changes are normally because of pupil size. That pigmentation, the blue or the um, any you know brown pigments, brown brown uh, uh, areas in the eye. Um, They've got nowhere to go. If the pupil gets big, those areas get squashed. So the blue gets bluer. Uh, light brown pigment tends to squash up and look browner. Um, pigmentation around the pupil, um, like the one we saw earlier, the central heterochromia, that gets squashed and, 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 and the uh, pupil sort of changes colour. That's normally all it is. So if the, if the person were to... Uh, being be a dull light, the, the eyes will tend to look darker. Sometimes, of course, well, partly because the pupil will look a bit bigger anyway. Um, and if the person then looks outside the window at the daylight or switches a light on, the pupil reaction will be to go smaller and the pupil uh, being smaller will make the iris generally look lighter. Mm. That's normally the, the only way to look at that. Mm. Perfectly yeah. normal. Perfectly right. normal. <laughs> Interesting, eh? <clears throat> right. You've got some um, herb pictures, I believe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we have. Can we touch on herbs? <laughs> oh, now that's the lovely cleavers. Um, my friend Felicity, I work with in Glastonbury, we went to walk around the base of the tour and uh, found cleavers growing, proliferating. It's been wonderful this summer. And... Uh, we gathered some and soaked it overnight and drank cleaver's water with our breakfast next morning. Very invigorating, yeah. That little herb is a wonderful herb for, and again, this isn't personal advice, you know, but for most people's lymph system, for those blue-gray eyes, very well with cleavers. It's a mild herb, very, very few contraindications, and um, wonderful just to 
push the lymph system along a little bit just to encourage it not to force it you know if someone needs lymph system help because they've got flu or something we need something a bit stronger than cleavers but for everyday use this one would be very very helpful you know the lady with those clouds around the edge of the eye which were going from white to creamy colored this would be a fine herb for, for that lady mm. fine herb um, it's very, very mild herb, very, very useful every day. You can use it long term and uh, you, you can buy it, of course, but you can collect it, certainly in Glastonbury, you can collect it wild. People grow it for its uses. Uh, really, really good lymphatic system herb. Very good for the um, kidney energy in a mild way, in a mild way. Yeah, kidney energy. So what yeah. do you... What do you advise just, you know, obviously washing it and boiling it up for for how long would you boil it up? You don't need to boil it. Um, if you pick right. it, if you pick it fresh, you you can just the, the flowering tops, the roots aren't uh, much use, but the flowering tops, you could just chop it yeah. and and uh, chop it finely and pour hot water over it, cover it. Uh, put it in a pot or if you're using a mug just just cover the mug and uh, stir it occasionally and 10 minutes later you're drinking a lovely cleavers tea that's mm. a, a tisane or a herbal tea if you use the root of a plant such as burdock that's fine but you you can't just put hot water on you need to boil it and simmer it because the root has a bit, bit more resistance to letting its useful uh, chemicals out you know you need to boil it up mm. and the bark of a tree you see we use some barks uh, oak bark and so on you would need to boil it and in many cases it would be better to have a tincture of those but with the cleavers you can just pour hot water onto it if you go to a herbal supplier and there's several in Glastonbury you can buy dried cleavers tea and you might, it depends on the age of it and the strength of it, but a teaspoonful in a mug and just pour hot water on it and uh, strain it off after 10 minutes and you've got a wonderful cleavers tea. Yeah. Mm, I'll have to try that. I haven't tried that one. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. And I know some yeah. of the the um, herb teas you buy in the packets, I, oh, I've never tasted such awful tasting. <laughs> no. No, they're very, they're very often not really herbal teas. Yeah. If you if you break some of their sachets open, you get a little bit of herbal <laughs> leaf or whatever, and a whole host of acid crystals. You know, and it 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 no 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 they're, yeah. not, they're not the best. They're yeah. not the best. No, um, right. this uh, this herb is uh, one of my top ten really. Um, it's it's meadow sweet meadow sweet we use the flowering tops again the the root isn't uh, much use um meadow sweet it's called queen of the meadow um uh, when i lived in norwich um we, we grew a lot of herbs and this one over over uh, overhung the the pond it loves to be near and overhanging water and when i first did my first ever herbal um lesson it was a wonderful classroom it was farm farmland in norfolk <laughs> what a classroom and my great teacher jill rosemary davis she had us um take our little field books and go out and find three herbs each i think we had to do and the first one i found was meadowsweet and it was over overlying a stream and i had to take my shoes and socks off and wade in to get a good look at the flowers and um 
I took a sample back. Um, always ask the plant for permission, of course. And yeah, uh, yeah. and um, I took a sample back and found that this was indeed Meadowsweet. It's called Queen of the Meadow. Oh, it's also Wirt. That's one of the old names for it. And the reason for that is that when a bride was uh, in church for her wedding, these churches uh, 100 years ago, they would have uh, earthen floors and uh, maybe people didn't smell quite as sweet in those days. Yeah. And they used to strew this herb on the on the floor so that as people walked on it, the wonderful, very individual scent of the of the uh, meadow suite it, it it rose up and, and 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 the whole situation became a little bit better with <laughs> the scent uh, so it was called brideswort but it's a, it, it really is a wonderful herb it's actually one of two herbs which were the precursor of aspirin it comes from the spirea family and spirea is, is the word which gives aspirin its name the other one, of course, is um, white willow, which is sort of part of the, the same family, strangely enough. Most people would tell you that uh, uh, white willow is the original uh, herb that aspirin was derived from. But in actual fact, my research says that it was meadowsweet. Meadowsweet is very good for taking old acidity from the body. It's very good for certain digestive problems. A lot of people I know have this digestive problem of acid reflux and a little bit of meadowsweet tea or meadowsweet tincture diluted can be very good for that. But it, I, it's part of it's part of my everyday. I mean, I, I, I use a lot of meadowsweet because I get a lot of arthritic and and gouty and acid indigestion problems and this one goes into any formula that i can justify it you know with other herbs and um, it partners well with white willow it partners well with nettle it partners well with um, silver birch um, which is a herbal herb that a lot of herbalists don't use these days it's a bit old-fashioned but i love it um and it it really takes away inflammation both in the digestive system and certainly in the joints just a wonderful mild herb that does what it says it will do yeah mm. but lovely lovely yeah mm. hey, you know the leaf i'm looking at that leaf there and i thought i've seen that leaf pattern before and i just realized it's in the boy scout skill guides isn't it that <laughs> oh yes yes and, and not not dissimilar to the canadian uh, maple yeah maple mm. although the maple has very distinctive spikes on the leaf if you look at that leaf you've got all these deep veins you've got the little serrations now if you look at the bottom of the leaf if you go to the bottom there now you can see some little leaflets yeah That's tiny it. leaves and that is a distinct uh, identification mark for meadowsweet you mm. get these flowers which are in these bunches they're some of these formations are called umbelliferae they're umbrella shaped like um, wild carrot and things like that they're umbrella shaped this isn't quite umbelliferae but it's getting on that way and you get these little florets and little bunches and you get that deep veined mainly three-pronged leaf with these little leaflets and you've got meadowsweet but you know, if I was blindfolded and you 
held Meadowsweet be beneath my nose, I would know it absolutely 100%. It's got such a beautiful fragrance and very individual fragrance. I just love it. If I'm using it, I smell the bottle every time. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely herb. Oh, yes. Well, Vervain. Yeah, that's Vervain. Um, this is a UK Vervain. There are various ones. The Latin name for this one is Verbena officinalis. Some books list it as Verbena hastatus, but these days we use the, the, the suffix officinalis. Again, it's a very popular herb with me. I get a lot of people with certain signs in their eyes, which mostly they were born with, but they make worse. And these are signs. We don't have any on those photographs. I can't show you. But these are signs of intramuscular tension which can put blood pressure up can cause headaches and migraines can make people feel tired all sorts of things and my go-to herb is vervain vervain takes tension out of muscles now i usually use it with another herb which is i'm not going to mention because it's herbalist only herb and i use maybe 95 percent vervain maybe five percent of this other herb and they they work well with each other but uh, it's no point to me mentioning it the name of the other herb because it's a class two herb which is a herbalist herb which can have many contraindications so we have to check people out before we give it but the vervain is quite a easy to use herb you can't use it during pregnancy uh, because it's a uterine stimulant but um, it actually helps ladies well, men as well, if they need to, but ladies to uptake. It's not estrogenic, but it helps people to uptake estrogen more easily. So I use it in some formulas for um, hormonal balancing, but also it's this taking the tension out of the body that matters. Um, I've had a spate of people with migraines and at least a couple of them in recent weeks. I've given them a vein to because part of their migraine uh, causes was uh, tension in the body and uh, it's it, it's good it really works very very well indeed very I love it absolutely love it mm. Mm. I visited a friend of mine a herbalist lovely herbalist and iridologist Tom Williams in near Cardiff I visited him and the vein was growing in his uh, his driveway and he said oh I drive over it it keeps coming back <laughs> very, very stalwart herb yeah 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 <laughs> So that's the this one is nettle. Mm -hmm. A little visitor there with the ladybird. Nettle, you mentioned earlier, Andrina. Yeah, yeah. No, I love nettle tea. <laughs> well, uh, most people in my trade consider nettle as the prime or at least close to being the, the best nutritional herb. It mm. contains an awful lot of um, vitamins, minerals, and trace elements. It, it, I like it for certain situations because it contains a, a, a little bit of silica which helps uh, strengthen the body in various ways which i won't go into at the moment but silica is a good is a good product a good uh, product to take into the body with with certain problems um often to do with the kidney and urinary system um nettle is what used to be called a blood cleanser that's a misnomer in, in a way it does help blood quality uh, it helps the blood to get rid of toxins um, and it's a herb which is 
wide, wide range, uh, a range of uses. Um, metaphysically, it's great. If people are having uh, problems in surviving a situation, it helps them. Nettle is a survivor. It puts its roots down on barren ground, many feet into the soil and finds what it needs in terms of moisture and nutrients. It's a survivor. It will grow virtually anywhere. And mm. metaphysically, it will help people to survive a situation. You know, they're caught in a bit of a bind and um, they drink some nettle tea and things tend to feel better. Yeah, mm. it's, it's a survivor. And it's, uh, I, I remember last winter, I had an awful journey to Glastonbury in the, in the, in the rain on the motorway and the, uh, the hail and uh, instead of a three-hour journey it was like six hours and I've got a full day next day and my friend Felicity who's wonderful with the with the food she's a lovely lovely lady to work with and I got in there and I was exhausted and not looking forward to the next day and this was early evening and she made me some nettle and potato soup a little bit of garlic in there and after two bowls of nettle and potato soup I could jump a five-bar gate Really? <laughs> Absolutely true. All my energy came back. All my spirit came back. The motorway was forgotten. I was ready for a good night's sleep and a day of patience next day. Right, we'll, have to, we'll have to have the recipe for that then, I reckon. It's wonderful herb. Wonderful mm. herb. Yeah. 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 Um, right. Uh, Andrew's saying he's growing elderberry trees and how would you use the flowers and berries for general benefits? Um, well, I I used to. I haven't lately, but friends I have done. We take the we take the flowers in the spring, put them into um, vegetable glycerine in a jar, keep them. Take the berries in in the autumn or whenever it's flowering, whichever country you're in, and uh, wash them and clean them and put them in with the flowers. And then maybe put a little bit of um, alcohol in, maybe brandy, a little bit of brandy in. And then a few weeks later, you've got a wonderful um, extract of hellberry uh, flower and, uh, and, uh, and berry for colds and flus and sore throats and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I've got elderflower tincture here and I use it a lot for sinus congestion. I actually use it with another herb, which sadly we haven't got pictures of called goldenrod now mm. goldenrod and elderberry uh, well the <laughs> the flower of the elder um they work together very well um in various proportions for sinus congestion and sinus problems generally if there's a sinus infection i'll use that combination but i'll put something like maybe echinacea in or baptisia mm something to help take away the infection so that's the way i mainly use these uh, these herbs mm. so I you mentioned like you about you had to top 10 of herbs so what what would be <laughs> your maybe top three? <laughs> oh, that's really difficult i mean <laughs> the, the top one is always the one that's working at the time you know all right well um, fair enough <laughs> you know it, it, um, there are so many categories and so many uses. that it, it, I, I suppose if there were three that I wouldn't want to be without, they would be herbs which would help with maybe emergencies and sort of one size fits all, like for the immune system, 
echinacea. That would be really, really good. Um, goldenrod, I mentioned a minute or two ago. I'd hate to be without that. In fact, I'm a little bit um, <laughs> worried about that herb running out of it. I'm, at any one time, I've got three litres of that herb in, in my dispensary. If I get panicky. below three litres, I get a bit panicky. That and vervain, I think the vervain would be number three, just off the top of my head. Right, and okay. those, those are herbs which I keep a lot of in case supplies go short. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, I've got like uh, 60 top 10 herbs, you know. It's, <laughs> I bet, I bet. And on my travels, I've picked up some lovely herb books. And when mm, I yeah. move from this space, yeah. then I, I want to play and dabble with more herbs. So, um, yeah. yeah, so you've mentioned you're doing a herb course in Glastonbury in September, yep. which I put my name down for. Um, so, so when is your next... Um, for people that want to have a consultation with you, when are you next in Glastonbury? Is it next weekend, um, did you say? Nick, uh, yes, uh, the next time would be Friday the 18th and Saturday the 19th, possibly, only possibly, Sunday the 20th. Oh, Although well, that's my granddaughter's eighth birthday, so... Yeah. Oh, you, you might have to be doing your party bit. I might, I might be doing the granddad bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, that's brilliant. Yeah. And then I'll be back. I'll be back again at the end of the month. Um, to be honest, I've been so busy recent months that whereas I used to go to Glastonbury once a month for two or three days, I'm now going every fortnight for two or three days. You know, so yeah. really, 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 really busy. Yeah, yeah, fabulous. Well, I think I'll I'll book in a session with you when you're down. And when Excellent. I'm down as well, just just to see how I'm doing and how I can keep improving my my health along the way. All good, excellent. Okay, so you've got some you've got some um, uh, herb courses coming up or workshops, and you've also got um, uh, iridology, which I'd be interested in. So um, yes, so best for people just to email you for the information. Yes, please do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we put your email up address, and it's it's in Thank the information, you. so um, people can contact you directly and make an appointment and book in. So, Excellent. right. Is there anything, any last words of wisdom you'd like to share before we? Words end? of wisdom. Words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I think really going back to an hour or so ago. Um, in reality, you know, change is the only constant. We're changing all the time and we have to sort of go with the flow of that. And um, if I would really give my best piece of advice is to realise that you can be the solution to your health problems. You can make the choices you make today will benefit you or cause you problems tomorrow, you know. Yeah. So to live uh, as long as... Uh, possible but also as well as possible just realize that um it's in your hands really yeah totally so is this, it's come up on google to say this is um golden rod is this the one you're talking about it looks like it yes there are one or two plants which are very similar but that does thank you for that that does look like golden rod um, right, okay. My picture isn't as clear as I would like, and the leaves aren't as clear as I would like, but I'm 90% sure. But there are similar herbs. That's why you need to learn to identify um, yeah. herbs correctly. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, well, okay. thank you very much. 
You're very Did you well, want to ask anything, Jeff? Yeah, I'll do it, as a matter of fact. So, um, obviously, um, our audience is um, global. So, yeah. um, we've got your email there that we've put up so they can contact you. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll just do that again. So, for the Australian, New Zealand, American, Canada, Europe uh, audience, yeah. well, Singapore, Malaysia, um, can they come through and do what we're just doing now through Skype or, um, and you just, can you do an online um, no. session with them? Sadly, no, because to do my best work, I need to see people's eyes clearly. And uh, just photographs aren't two-dimensional. They're not really 100% uh, useful. I need to see the person in the flesh. I need to see the eye in all its glory, you know, three-dimensionally and from different angles. So it's not the way I could possibly do my best work. To, um, okay, that's but, okay. You know, people should people should really uh, contact different uh, associations, um, herbal iridology associations, and find qualified practitioners really in their own. It it it, it it's not really um, uh, possible to do a, a fully useful consultation. I do occasionally do telephone consultations. Obviously, I can't do iridology consultations over the telephone but i do occasionally do telephone consultations um especially if people want uh, really urgent help with something you know but mm. uh, no generally it's people i can see face to face yeah okay right well thank you very 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 much for being our guest this week no, it's been no, an absolute delight um i've really thank enjoyed you. You know all the information that you've shared and all the advice so um, i look forward to seeing you soon down in glastonbury i look forward to it too and thanks once again for having me on no it's our pleasure You're so thank you everybody for tuning in and same time next week for another amazing guest very good thank you mm -hmm.